Ahoy there, and welcome back to Domance Dawn, a podcast where we discuss The Simpsons and One Piece. Two pop culture touchstones with a bunch of characters, a bunch of episodes, and a lot to discuss. I am Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. Hi, I'm Janine. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, and I'm joined here by a guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. I am Ben Khan. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and it is good to be here today. Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, ben, where might people be familiar with you from, or would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, I am a uh, writer of comics and prose. You might have seen my work in Heavenly Blues from Scout Comics, uh, Renegade Rule from Dark Horse, or the most recently, Grip and Galaxy's Most Wanted from What Not Publishing. And my uh, prose debut, uh, L. Campbell Wins Their Weekend, is coming out from Scholastic uh, this October and is available for pre-order now. I also uh, co-host the weekly horror movie discussion podcast, Progressively Horrified, with Jeremy Whitley and Emily Martin, which you can catch new episodes of every Friday, including a recent episode where Luke appeared on. Yes. And more relevant to this show, what is your background with The Simpsons? Simpsons, I have watched. So Simpsons pretty much came out like the year I was born. So I, it was one of the childhood staples. It was, mm -hmm. it was on at 7 and then again at 7.30 almost every night from like Mondays through Thursdays. Ever like from like first grade through high school like there was always simpsons and again mm -hmm. and growing up in the 90s there was only ever good like classic simpsons for a while <laughs> oh it's it's interesting that you had like a seven o'clock spot because i i think we had like five thirty and six ish where i grew up but also most of that time it was oh but there's anime on so in my household, my mother laid the rule down where it was okay if I watched The Simpsons at 7, but so long as I watched uh, World News Tonight with Peter Jennings at 6.30. I mean, you got to get primed for the day tomorrow. Yeah, so so long as I got like my daily dose of news, I was allowed to watch Simpsons, and now my parents wonder why I read so much politics and I'm so goddamn liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an unexpected twist away from the family politic, or? Uh, more a twist away from the stop caring, don't care politic. The the 90s of apathetic politic. Yeah. Yeah. Clinton was that real sweet spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clinton. Uh, and what is your experience with One Piece? Pretty much nothing. Uh, you know, uh, I think I watched like the first like eight or nine episodes of the Four Kids dub. Mm -hmm. Like I watched through like Usopp's introduction mm -hmm. of Four Kids dub, 
when that was first airing like weekly. And then you sent me a document that said to watch episodes 207 and 212, so I watched that <laughs> this week. That is, that is valid. Uh, did you just kind of bounce off the four kids' dub like it didn't have you hooked, or...? Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just, you know, like... I think it was a little too wholesome for me at the time when I was like... Yeah, Naruto's got, like, fucking trauma. Let's go with him. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an angsty 13-year-old. Yeah, fucking Naruto and Bleach. Hell yeah. That's that's valid. Uh, the, the four kids dub definitely cut out the trauma. Oh, Zoro, your childhood friend didn't just permanently have to give up using a sword. She, she died. It's, uh. it's, uh... No, I don't know. I I also wonder, you know, especially watching this, I really wondered if, you know, because I was a little like, look, it's one of those almost relics of now like the seasonal model where it's still just going as a fucking weekly machine mm-hmm. and all the limits that come with that. But I'm watching in these and seeing these designs and just thinking like, this is fun to watch as an anime. I feel like this would wow me if I was reading it as the manga. So we'll we'll kind of get into that uh, because we just got off of uh, G8, which is commonly regarded as like, oh, this is the manga filler arc that everyone loves. It was initially developed as a movie, and then they just had to put it out as an episode. And uh, then comes... Long Ring, Long Land, which there's a lot of people who absolutely hate this arc. So it is divisive. Yeah, I don't know if this was an anime filler arc, but it really felt like an anime filler arc. Oh, the past arc, they fought God, who looked like Eminem. And then we immediately go to, oh, bullshit fun and games. Uh, I I get pacing-wise how that could work. But watching it, I'm like, oh, man, this is some more four kids faffing about bullshit. And also, punch him. Just punch him. You're clearly stronger than all of them put together. Just punch him. Why are you Why are you entertaining this bullshit? <laughs> oh, for fun. Uh, but uh, the now, it makes of- sense if they it makes sense if this is the goofy breather arc after God fighting. Yes. It's an interesting one. Uh, the episodes that we are going to be covering initially ran between September 21st and November 2nd of the year 2003. This show is so full. Holy shit. Oh, One Piece has over a thousand episodes now. That, like, like, I was able to get, I was able to catch up with the entirety of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. But I don't know, but One Piece. Ooh. But I mean, the the thing with JoJo's is it comes in a lot more condensed arcs, and you can, you, like it's relatively new. It's a real boiling frog type situation where it's like, okay, I'll check it. This first part's only nine episodes. Well, I can do nine episodes. Like, let me check it out. Okay, that was pretty good. What's the next one? Sixteen? Like, oh yeah, sure. Let me finish out the season. And then it's like, and then it just keeps going until you're like, am I fucking obsessed with this show? 
Am I one of those everything's a JoJo reference shitheads now? I th- I think I am. Fuck. I mean, I am. If it weren't for the fact that Hunter Hunter is leaving uh, Netflix at the end of this month, it would be like, oh, yeah, I'd be going back to uh, watching Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh, God, I love Diamond is Unbreakable. I love weird high school adventures. Uh, there is an entire chapter in my novel, L. Campbell Wins Their Weekend, where L goes to an art museum and stumbles upon an art exhibit dedicated to the works from Baba's Eccentric Journey. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Real subtle. Real subtle right there. Uh, well, we've got some Simpsons and One Piece to get into. Uh, Simpsons episodes included another Treehouse of Horror, uh, Treehouse of Horror... 15, which included the Ned Zone, where Ned Flanders essentially has a Dead Zone situation. Uh, four beheadings and a funeral, where Bleece and Bart try and solve the Jack the Ripper-esque mutton chop murders. And In the Belly of the Boss, which is a fantastic voyage in Mr. Burns to save Maggie. These were fine when it comes to, like, Treehouse of Horror. I don't know what y'all thought. I thought yeah. that... Ralph smoking opium would have made it into more headshots. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I feel like four beheadings in a funeral definitely stands out. Maybe not necessarily for being the funniest, but just for having that strong AU aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like you want, like you want, like the little action figure or the video game skin of like everyone's costume in that short. Oh, it's the AU stuff is going to be something that we have to rely on in the future for casting characters. So I'm, I'm here for it. It's Springfield by Gaslight. Mm-hmm. I do love how inconsistent the accents are. Not everybody's British, but some of them are trying. Emphasis on trying. We also have All's Fair in Oven War, where Marge starts competing in cooking contests after they remodel a kitchen, and Bart gets into the Playboy lifestyle after Marge cuts out all of the photos from Homer's Playboy or Play Dude collection. I think this is like a, a solid one overall. Like, it's one of those that I just remember seeing frequently, and like, there's good bits, you have a good Marge and Lisa story where Marge starts cheating in the cooking contests, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it works. Oh, yeah, no, this is a stronger episode of 2000 Simpsons, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. the, like, again, it's a rare Marge A plot, which I really like, and also I'd love to, like, try to bake one of those, like, fried, like, dessert dogs. That looks they, really tasty. They did a binging with Badish episode about that uh god bless binging with babish i just copy so many of what those videos when i'm cooking i Um, i I think the ultimate like takeaway from that one was it was too sweet and it did not work all that well and then i really like the bart plot line like it's it's both fun and out there but still kind of down to earth and relatable that they Mm -hmm. got all these like 60s porno magazines which they know is cool and then something to be desired, but all the porn is gone, so they only have 
the articles and just assume that's what they're supposed to be like putting there like the appeal like it's so weird and quasi risque yet also wholesome that like it really does fit that like old school Bart as a reborn Dennis the Menace type that you really don't get too much after the early seasons. Mm -hmm. It's also a lot better than just accidentally finding foreign magazines that have been hastily smuggled into stacks of PC gamer magazines. Oh Luke. yeah. It's way more interesting and fun that Bart just starts cosplaying Hugh Hefner without any understanding of the greater context and like the the jokes land like we've even seen some of that sort of casino energy uh or like 60s energy when bart opened the casino and i think all the jokes here work well uh janine did you have any comments i think it's very odd how nebulous bart's knowledge of sex is canonically mm -hmm. um but i do love it more when the joke is he just doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the big piece that's missing. Right. I do, uh, um, so question, given the character that appeared in that episode, are we allowed to essentially cast James Caan as a One Piece character? Yes. Not, not just James Caan. I mean, we also had, like, Julius Pringles, Toucan Sam show up. If they are named... Uh, then, yeah, they are game. Uh, that's, that's how we ended up with the Homer Simpson clone that is actually Peter Griffin, uh, cast as one of the major antagonists in One Piece. I buy it. Uh, I did really enjoy the, who is that? Was that Don Flamingo? Is that that character who is like uh, controlling people and had the feather boa? Mm -hmm. He seemed fun. I wish he was the villain I'd gotten to see a lot of instead of Foxy. Hey, he, he shows up in another 400 or so episodes as, like, he gets his own big arc. It's great. It is also a, uh, you could probably save time and just get the Shonen Jump Viz subscription for two bucks and read everything and not have to deal with how long they have to draw out fillers at that point, or draw out episodes at that point. Like, I, knowing so little about One Piece, I love hearing One Piece discourse, because it's always just like, no, no, once you get to Sugar Cookie Island arc, that's when things get really dark. I it's mean, so weird yeah. I've only heard from it on the outside, and then, like, just to be in it. And, like, slowly peeling back the layers because Janine had sent a uh, meme to me that was which of the following did not happen in one piece and it's people voting and what they think didn't happen and so there's uh, stuff like convicts live in the walls of a prison come out as trans and get uh, HRT Einstein's brain wouldn't stop growing so he splits into seven people and becomes among us uh, twist reveal that a main character's family are evil power rangers it's... I'm going to go with the Einstein one. I mean, I don't want to spoil things that big, but uh, 
One Piece goes places. Like, that poll didn't even talk about how we're going to just get straight up Tim Burton, Henry Selnick uh, aesthetics land coming up soon. Well, not soon, but like in a year of the show. I can't wait for like until like 500 years and like One Piece is right up there with like the Odyssey and Journey to the West. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, great, we're also great epic adventure sagas. We're we're hopefully in like the last four years of the manga running, which would be great, and then we can just get a better version of the anime. Uh, Ooh, one, piece, some... one Piece Brotherhood. <laughs> one Piece Super. Uh, we also have uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, where Lisa gets bullied about her weight, Bart is feeling unloved, and so Marge, unable to help either of them, starts taking care of Nelson, who appreciates it. Nelson helps to bully Lisa's bullies, and Bart goes to find Nelson's missing father and reunites the family. And this is a point where we start to get more of the soft boy Nelson. He has feelings. He is complex. He's also, unfortunately, kind of a punching bag. In terms of, oh, we need jokes about someone who's poor. It's Nelson. Yeah, they really start leaning into the class aspects of Nelson after this episode, like, <laughs> hard. Like, his mom being, like, like, I know they made jokes about his mom before, but it feels like it became, like, a defining aspect of the character after this episode. Oh, yeah, and, like, Nelson's dad being a deadbeat. Uh, becomes a defining aspect because before he had like appeared on the PB football episode where he's actually helping Nelson and there had been other I think there had been like one other time where he had shown up but after this he's pretty much always on the run which leads to some good stuff like there was a good Simpsons episode in the last season where Nelson turns to Mo as a parental figure and it's kind of like oh they sort of tease that in this episode 20 yeah, it- years earlier it, it to me it always feels like they're trying to recapture that that magic of the Nelson dates Lisa episode. They, they sometimes like, do. Yeah, where they like they kind of crack that code to like wring real pathos out of that character. Uh, Janine, any comments on this one? I think that's the. The jokes on this one were very good in that they were subtle, that I wasn't expecting them. Um, Nelson's father, while getting the cigarettes that he left for all those years ago, after ordering them, says, please gift gift wrap them, they're for my son. I, I literally spat out the water I was drinking. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. There, there, are, there are some really good bits. Again, there, there are jokes against the unhoused in, in this season, starting at like right at the first episode. And there are fucking like pretty classes punch downs, but... He also gets some good screw-the-audience jokes. I really like the ending, like, about where just Lisa were having no closure, or I like that it didn't even try to 
tie a neat little bow around such a big issue that oh, that yeah. kind of just went for that ending. Like we talked about a previous episode, uh, the one where Homer frames Marge for his own drunk driving accident and just like Marge forgives him because that's how you need to wrap up the episode and it feels so bad and forced. Yeah, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last we have She Used to Be My Girl, where Chloe, Marge's old classmate, comes back to report on a scandal in Springfield. Lisa looks up to her, Marge gets jealous, Lisa tries to follow Chloe and ends up in danger, so Marge works to save her. And this is easily the weakest of the four. It, it, it feels the most dated as well. There's some lesbians here, which I like, but there's also some pretty stock lesbian jokes. Mm -hmm. It definitely, I feel like, takes some more turns into where it's like, instead of really going through the emotional route, it just throws in, like, wacky, like, a wacky plot turn. Where it's like, oh, we don't need to really explore Marge's feelings of inadequacy. We have a volcano to deal with. Act 3 Volcano Twist. Yep. And then we also get, like, I believe the first kind of post-credits uh, callback joke deleted scene thing. Which unlocks new characters like SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, other new characters we have in here include Auntie Ovenfresh, Miles Davis, Victorian Comic Book Guy, Victorian Lou, Assorted Hillbillies, and a Two-Headed Goat, amongst others. Yes, and we get uh, Kim Cattrall as Chloe Talbot. Marge's yes. definite ex-hookup? Like, ex-girlfriend, are we saying? I feel like that they pulled around. Yeah. They, 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 had, they had an ex's energy, I felt. Personally... My standouts were Blackula and Black Dracula. Yes. <laughs> because the punchline, you mean a honky rink. That that popped me good. Uh, but we also have to get to discussing the episodes of One Piece this week, which include Long Ring Longland's Big Adventure. The Foxy Pirate Crew and the Davy Back. Round one, one lap of the donut race. Foxy the Silver Fox, a violent interference. Round two, shoot into the groggy ring. Rapid fire red cards, groggy ring. It's just so delightful to say. Uh, I do also love how I had to get elocutiony. Um, groggy ring. It's it's a groggy ring. Uh, so we rejoin the Straw Hat Pirates as they kind of have to set back Cannon from the filler arc. Uh, so the Going Mary is descending back to the Blue Sea as the Flame Battle runs out of fuel. And wait, was Fighting was... God filler? No. Okay. Uh, so was Fighting descend... God filler this. So they descended 
from uh, the Sky Islands where they fought God, who looks like Eminem. And, and they fell into a filler arc where they were on the rock. Gotcha. Uh -huh. Okay. And then they had to escape in the rock. reset canon to end up the exact way that they escaped the in filler. I know it isn't what it is, but in my head, I'm imagining they're stuck on an island that's just like the bald head of a gigantic Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I mean... If that okay. ends up happening later in One Piece, <laughs> I swear to God, Luke. <laughs> oh, I love the recurring bit of, is Luke being serious or not? You can never tell it. It's like Riverdale, where like you could say literally anything, and you're like, that it might have happened. Literally, nothing is too absurd. Oh. Uh, we also flash back to the island of Jaya, where Bellamy and Sarkis are being forced to fight by their boss, Don Quixote do Flamingo, because they lost to Luffy. Bellamy begs for one more chance because he has been loyal, and instead, Sarkis is forced to cut. Bellamy down to teach him a lesson. I'm hoping he's dead. Luke tells me he's probably not. Yeah, we'll we'll see him again in like a few years. I hate that. People should die in one piece. <laughs> Soon, Janine. Soon I will have the mix of all the clips of you wishing for someone to die, and I will play that and laugh over your torment. I, at least this <laughs> goes on long enough that they can bring back old characters like a few at a time and you don't end up like My Hero Academia where they're in the last arc now and they're just like oh fuck right let's bring back every supporting character we forgot about. Oh like in the manga they do like chapter covers where it's oh what are these characters up to? Oh that's fun. Uh huh. And, like, sometimes they'll get little arc stories. And that's how we find out about God, after getting defeated, goes to the moon and fights space pirates. Good for God. Uh-huh. I mean, he sucks, but... It has no bearing on the anime, nor the canon. So far. Uh, so far. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. So the Straw Hats continue sailing, and they see a ship without a sail before a massive group of sea a group of massive sea monkeys approach. Uh, the sailor ship's crew can't get organized enough to do anything in time, and they get sunk by the sea monkeys. And Usopp is baffled by what happened to the crew that leaves him in the state as the Gilling Mary approaches an island in the fog. Also, I forgot to ask: Did you watch sub or dub? Uh, I watched sub. All right. So, uh, the island turns out to be a massive grassland with long trees and long animals, and it's just a big shitpost island. It's a lot of gags. It is. <laughs> and I, I think it is a spot where the animation works more than, like, just the manga. I mean, uh, I, I do appreciate a long doggy. That, that mm -hmm. is fun. I appreciate the, uh, the leopard that just has a really long face. <laughs> I, like how the, I like how they act like they're different species where they just have names that are just one syllable stretched out. 
<laughs> We're dealing with dumb shit here. It's great. Uh, so Luffy, Chopper, and Usopp find a house on the island. Uh, there's a long horse there, and then what they think are two bamboo trees. It turns out that they're stilts, which Luffy finds out when he breaks them, revealing Tanjit, who got trapped on stilts for years. And Tanjit's just like, oh yeah, everything on this island grew long, so it could try and be interesting. And it's like, yeah. That's our Mystery Science Theater 3000 explanation for everything. It's literally they're long because they're longing for adventure, which God bless the tra- the like the translation team for making that pun work across languages. Yes. Meanwhile, a massive ship called the Sexy Foxy traps the Going Mary, and the crew of the Sexy Foxy tells the other Straw Hats that they are going to be challenged in a showdown. Tanjit, meanwhile, realizes that everyone else in his nomadic community has left him behind and he's not going to see them for 20 years when the people would return. And he's also missing his horse, which turns out to be Shelly, the long, the long horse that they found, who has waited 10 years for Tanjit to return. And that is the power of a friendship with a very long horse. A very long friendship. Did, did we mention how the old man got separated from his tribe exactly? Oh, yeah, he got on the bamboo stilts and then they just kept growing and he couldn't get down. For ten years. For ten years, just eating apples off tall trees and then presumably somehow pooping on the ground. I mean, if everybody else left, you can just go wherever, man. This is You're not on the floor. This a silly show, and I that that is a very fun, silly premise, and I like that explanation, even if I didn't need quite as much stinky cheese jokes. Oh yeah, where he's just like, oh yeah, have some milk. I mean, cheese. It's it's a it's a very good dumb bit. Uh, as they ride together reunited, Shelly gets shot with a net by Foxy, the captain of the Foxy Pirates who claims the horse and challenges Luffy to a Davy backfight. Usopp knows what a Davy backfight is. Luffy doesn't. It is a game where pirates challenge each other to various games where the winning team gets to steal members from the losing team or steal that ship's Jolly Roger, which is what happened to the other pirates that they ran into before the former Fanged frog pirates who, without their captain, who has now been captured, uh, could not figure out what they were going to do. Nami and Usopp are unable to stop Luffy from entering the Davy back fight, but Luffy can't be stopped and they enter into three matches. It, it seems like this is a pretty. Now, again, with my limited exposure to One Piece, it seems like a common feature of a storyline is Nami and Usopp being what if brain cells and Luffy being no brain cells. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted wanted to check. Oh, no, that's completely fair. Uh, So the Foxy Pirates set up a big fairground and the crew has to pick what games they want to play in and they can only be in two matches in a round of games. Uh, so ultimately, they are split up for a race, a ball game, and a round game. 
everyone ends up entering into the donut race. Zoro, Sanji, and Chopper are in the ball game that is called the Groggy Ring, and Luffy, Nami, Robin, and Usopp join in the round game, as it is called. Uh, for the donut race, the teams are given oars and barrels to build a boat, and the race is going to be around Long Ring Long Land, and anything is allowed in terms of attacks. And it's uh, this is kind of where we get, oh, they need to extend things. So initially in the manga, uh, the only people who are in the boat are Nami, Robin, and Usopp versus the main uh, boat of the Foxy Pirates. Uh, that gotcha. main boat in includes Portia, who's just a woman, uh, Capote, who is a fishman, and Monda, who is a shark, and... Uh, Sanji and Luffy also put together a boat as well as Chopper and Zoro. This is also where we start the very weird short arc of they keep having to build boats and have various levels of ability at doing that. Is this all to set up that they then introduce a shipwright to the crew? Uh, yes, that is coming uh, soon. Foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the previous arc was, oh, our ship is bad. We can't repair it enough. Uh, we need to get a ship right. Because Usopp's trying his best, damn it. Uh, so, uh, there are also like a bunch of foxy pirate ships. One of those ships immediately releases barrel bombs that put Porsche's ship in the lead while Zoro has to clear those bombs away. The ships for Luffy and Zoro uh, get distracted because Foxy has ships that feature food, drinks, and women. Uh, Capote is meanwhile using his fisherman abilities to attack Nami's boat, and when the other straw hats hear that, they get refocused, and Robin works to use the extra foxy crews to uh, attack one another's ships, taking the majority of those out. And Zoro takes out another foxy ship, but his and Chopper ship breaks in the process. Luffy tries to use a corkscrew attack, but because he's in the water, he runs out of steam after a while. And Robin is able to use her powers to latch onto Portia's ship until they notice. Uh, any of these powers weirding you out at this point? I mean, I'm a diehard JoJo fan, so no, mm -hmm. all the powers I'm just taking in stride. Yeah, okay, that's, that is completely valid. Oh, yeah, no, arms just coming out of shit. Like, yeah, on board. You're, you're just so good at samuraiing that you can just take an oar and just slash the ocean real good. Fucking, yeah, of course you can. I, I fucking watch anime, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. No, that, no, all the powers, that I got no, that I got no problem with. That, no questions. That's all, that all checks out. <laughs> I mean, even games, there's... Plenty of ridiculous games with high consequences in JoJo. Oh, yeah. Like, JoJo is all about, like, oh, I control the Christmas trees of your past, but only on Thursdays. And I'm going to use that to kill you somehow. That so, do be happening. Yeah. So, like, I mean, again, there is a stand in JoJo's Part 8 that's, like, if you touch four things in a room and it's standing above you, it can then control your limbs. That's such a weird specific power, but they base an entire 
volume of manga around it. <laughs> so, so you know, fires a beam that makes things slow. That that's child's play at this point. That's the that's just uh, Dio <laughs> and the world. That's not so. So as the ships come up to a massive coral reef filled with currents, Portia's team is in the lead, while Foxy is following alongside them on the land. But when they hit the currents, they get spat out. Nami and Luffy's team enter into the currents, and Foxy cheats by shooting a smoke screen into the currents. But Nami is still able to read everything using her navigation skills and is able to pass through. Uh, Nami forces Usopp to use an impact dial, which shoots him over the whirlpool, but also because Sanji and Luffy's ship was being held on, uh, that ends up getting smashed onto the land, disqualifying them. And eventually, Capote and Manda work together to power the Foxy ship through the reef. Nami also refuses to fall for any of Foxy's repeatedly bad tricks. Uh, like pretending to be a dying old woman who needs help, or setting up a fake endpoint, which I, I just love Foxy's dumb shit. N Nami definitely came out of this looking real good. She, mm -hmm. She's a smart lady. And as they reach the final curve, Usopp starts shooting bamboo into the water to try and take out Portia's ship, which ends up knocking out Capote. Uh, Portia shoots the Straw Hats ship with Shuriken, so it starts to sink, and they're all kind of neck and neck. And then Foxy ends up blasting Nami's team with his slow, slow beam, which causes them to lose the race. Because it shoots slow, slow particles that slow everything down for a few seconds. Because science. Uh, and since the Foxy Pirates won the donut race, they choose Chopper to join their crew. Chopper is upset, and Zoro tells him to suck it up. And that is when the Straw Hats realize that they have to play the groggy ring game without Chopper. And Zoro and Sanji are up against Hamburg, Pickles, and Big Pan, who are giant fish who also kind of look like the McElroy brothers. It's uncanny. The only They're thing that's different is that Hamburg is, like, not that gripping enough. Yeah. Definitely the leak. Definitely the weak point in the metaphor. I, I definitely enjoy their football slash t or rugby slash tag team wrestling vibe. <laughs> they, I don't think they did, but they. I feel like they should have been calling each other Anarchy in the dub or in the sub. Big Pan, who is a half giant fish man, uh, acts as the ball for the Foxy Pirates and Sanji is the ball for the Straw Hats. And the game is to get the other team's ball into the ring goal. Uh, Sanji and Zoro initially can't get along. Sanji tries to fight Big Pan, but he's too slippery because he's a big old loach fishman. And he almost gets tossed in to his goal by the groggy monsters working together. But Zoro and Sanji are able to reverse things, which prevent that goal. Uh, as the match continues, the groggy monsters cheat by wielding weapons, which the ref repeatedly ignores. It's hilarious. I love it. It's, uh -huh. it's Oda fucking was watching pro wrestling when he did this shit. Because I was like, okay, they could lose the first race easy and be able to make it back up, but they can't lose clean. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Like, all of the fucking twists and everything is like, this is so pro-wrestling. Oh, it's it's going to get 
more wild. It's so um, heel and face. You're so right. Uh, so uh, Sanji almost gets thrown out of the game when he gets mad at the ref. Zoro and Sanji move back to try and attack uh, again, but Big Tan ends up trapping them in a slippery loop before all three groggy monsters smash them up, and so Z uh, Zoro and Sanji agree they finally have to work together. Foxy, seeing them get back up, requests a monster burger, which is their big finishing combo attack where all three of them wield weapons. I love how, I love how they agree to work together for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds is as long as they're willing to work together. <laughs> they have their standards. People have uh, counted up every insult that they've called each other, or every time they refer to each other, and it's fascinating numbers to look at, all the insults that are reused and such. It's like they have little nicknames for each other. Uh-huh. Although the nicknames between those two are just, just happen to be not nice. Mm-hmm. So Sanji kicks Hamburg into Big Pan's pans, which knocks him out, and then Zoro uses a no-sword style to knock Pickle's spinning blade into Big Pan, and Sanji is able to finish knocking him towards the goal. Uh, Pickles gets kicked into the ref, uh, who finds that Nami stole the ref's cards and whistle, preventing him from making a call to kick Sanji out. And as Sanji and Zoro work together, they score on Big Pan. And when the ref gets back up, Nami tricks him into ending the game with, Zor with Sanji and Zoro, which wins them that round. With that victory, Luffy gets the option on who to steal. Nami suggests that they just steal Foxy, and everyone on the crew shames Nami for the peanut strategy, which makes more sense in the manga, because in the manga, there's only three rounds of the game. Aren't there the only... anime needs to turn it into filler. Oh, uh, there's more rounds after this third one? Yes. Gotcha. Because uh, I gotta say, yeah. my attitude towards this was like, yeah, like, stop booing, like, what, you know, like, Hannibal Burris reaction gif. Like, why are you booing Nami? She's right. You have to play fair, says the, you booze the crew that's been blatantly cheating this whole time in the games they decide and already know in advance. Like, fuck well, them. And, well, okay. and in the manga, it's also the final round is going to be between Luffy and Foxy. So if they just took Foxy out, Luffy would automatically win, which once again, is a great strategy, except for, as Robin points out, it would mean that Foxy would have to become a member of the crew, which nobody wants. Yeah, that works. As is, it's just like, yeah, they're just boo. Like, again, I, I the whole time, I'm just like, just punch these people. Just punch them. Like, why are we, why are you putting up with this? Punch them. Because, because they're giving food out. Like, that is something that will routinely allow Luffy and the rest of the members of crew to be like, yeah, no, you're you're cool, you're feeding us, that's great. I mean, one thing that is fun about the Foxy Pirates is that their main goal as a pirate crew seems to just be be a bigger crew and then otherwise just be this roving party barge. Yeah, like it they start recurring in like filler arcs when they need it, or they've like done a few movies featuring them. They are divisive, but it's easy to just 
bring them on because you know what the stakes are. You know everything's going to get reverted at the end. And uh, you get to see Foxy get called a splithead. Uh, so Luffy ends up picking Shelly instead of Chopper, which frees Shelly from Foxy's very dubious ownership. Tanjit is thankful for it, and Chopper is emotionally devastated, and they get ready for the next game. I, I will say, by this point, so many episodes have passed that I had completely forgotten about Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this anime will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Shelly is such a beautiful horse. Um, but yeah, uh, so the first One Piece video game that I got into uh, had a bunch of mini games, but they also had a problem where it was far enough uh, ahead of the four kids dub that they just ended up cutting characters out. And so there's very weird stuff because you technically played games against Usopp's pirates, but they were really just the Foxy pirates. And Foxy was cut from the game, as was Enel, who was the last big boss. And uh, another character who will be getting introduced, who initially comes at the end of this arc, but because of filler shenanigans, won't be appearing for another two arcs. So. How long are the arcs typically? Because I noticed that like this definitely wasn't a full arc. I uh, guess they can they... range, but... They start to get longer, especially um, there was a point where Oda took an entire year off of the manga, and the anime kind of had to continue. Oh, and uh, so there are some like two hundred episode arcs that probably could have that time cut in half. That would do it. Yeah, uh, there is an entire community. Uh, out there that is just doing condensed versions of One Piece. So at the very least, we need One Piece Kai. Yes. But we now have 13 characters to match together, so are you all ready with your suggestions? Let's do it. All right. Up first, we have Shelly the Long Horse. Uh, And the way that this works is I will say who kind of goes first with their suggestions, and then once everyone's kind of gone, we figure out what we have consensus on. Now, and we can only use the characters that from that document you shared, right? Uh, no, you can use any Simpsons character who's not okay. been used. Okay. Uh, if you just use the ones from these new batch of episodes, that is called a Rodrigo style. Which is a viable strategy and has led to some very weird choices. Uh, so up first we have, uh, Shelly. Uh, I have two suggestions. My normal suggestion is Gary the Unicorn. That is the unicorn who ends up dying in the Garden of Eden in Simpsons Bible Stories. My Rodrigo style is Simon Stulowitz, the magically animated stool, just because I wanted to go for something different and there wasn't really a good horse. Janine, who do you have? I have a favorite of mine, not necessarily a horse, but a workhorse when it comes to fights. That's right. It's Kilhamed Ai. The uh, Battlebots inspired. 
character. Yes. So, if I may go a little bit left field. But that is, welcome to the game. Welcome to the party, pal. Given this, given Shelley's uh, heartwarming and slash heartbreaking story of loyalty and staying with an owner, thought lost, I am going to go to a different Matt Groening uh, cartoon, and I'm going to pick Seymour Ass's Fry's Dog from Futurama. So we cannot use Seymour. Is Seymour already I, been used? No, uh, we can't use Futurama characters until they appear in the actual Simpsons. Okay. Once so we only have, like, Bender right now, I think. Yeah, you gotta wait until you yeah. get to Simpson-Rama. Way down the line. It's not that far, all things considered. It happens sooner than you think it does. But this I, was also the point where I was still watching the show. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean... Uh, no, I mean, knowing that Santa's Little Helper's definitely been used, I will just um, echo Gary the Unicorn. Has Santa's Little Helper been used? Uh, I think yes, we used uh, Chapu. I think yes. we used them as Santos Alhalpor. Um, actually, let's see if we have used because I. Uh... In that case, I we used. Have not... How about Santa's little helper's girlfriend from the episode from the one hundred and one ep like Dalmatians episode where Mister Burns has the musical number. Uh, actually, I really like uh, Santos L. Helper, and I'm willing to split that between uh, you, Ben, and Janine. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right, next we have Tanjit. He's a weird guy who makes very poor choices. Janine, who do you have? I have Charles Darwin. <laughs> he appears on a television advert uh, from C. Montgomery Burns when he's running for governor of, Sim uh, of Springfield. To talk about the benefits of Blinky of the Red Fish. Yes. Ben, how about you? Who do you have? Uh, so I'm going to go off this current list, and I'm going to go with Victorian Sea Captain. Interesting. Well, I feel like there's no... Well, I don't have a good Jasper variant handy, and I feel like this character's definitely Jasper, but... So I've got two suggestions here. Uh, there's the cans owner, the My Precious Antique Cans! Because he has very strong feelings about things that we don't quite understand. Or my Rodrigo style is Bob Dylan. Just for a, there weren't really good, uh, there wasn't a really good bearded man. I like Charles Darwin. I think Charles Darwin is a strong choice. Let's do it. Because he explains evolution, kind of, sort of. 
the kind of evolution that gets you regional variants in Pokemon, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have Ritanto, a small boy who didn't want to leave Tanjit behind, who had to be made up because of choices that extended this into filler territory. Uh, who do you have, Ben? Oh man, let me take a look. Do we have I'm the ra- I'm gonna go with Oh uh, well I guess I mean I guess given the opium I'm not sure if I wanna go with Victorian Ralph on this one. So uh you, for this one I'm gonna go with uh Twinkie the Kid. Uh, so I had two for this. My Rodrigo style is Cookie Kwan's Quimby, Cookie Kwan's Quimby baby. Uh, I also had Kobe Spuckler, who's one of the Spuckler clan that kind of grows and contracts as needed. Janine, who do you have? Opium Ralph. I did go that low. <laughs> I leave my scruples at the door when I come to play. Opium I, Ralph. Opium Ralph. Yeah, I, I feel like Opium Ralph is the good one. I am going to give y'all a split credit for that one again, because I appreciate trying to bring some level of dignity, but we're playing a dirty game here. So, uh, we then have Foxy, uh, Captain... Of the Foxy Pirates in the dub, he sounds like if Jim Cummings was trying to vaguely be racist to Italians. Oh, so most Jim Cummings roles. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like very Hondo Onaka if you're down with Star Wars Extended Canon. Uh, my. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say James Kahn. Uh, so <laughs> that is a strong that is a strong contender. I no feel other, I, no other picks for me. Just James Caan. That's my only pick. So way back when we started the show, I had wanted to use Gil Gunderson for this character. Gil is similarly a very hard worn character. He's kind of a perpetual loser. Uh and then I was struck oh, by the Rodrigo split head again. Uh, but then I was stu- struck by the horrifying opportunity. We could use SpongeBob fucking SquarePants. They got the same nose there. They have similar vibes. Ooh. I mean, there are desolated SpongeBob how, memes. How SpongeBob acts? I like. Regular SpongeBob, I could definitely say no, but this is the the SpongeBob as portrayed as a deity of the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, that is a good one. Uh, Janine, who do you have? All right, I have several because I'm uh, a, a, a genius. Mm-hmm. Number mm-hmm. one, Uterpile Original. Luke's favorite and yours, Fidel Castro. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the, 
the Uter pile are characters who I am strangely precious about saving for later. I mean, the holder of the trillion dollar bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else you got, Janine? I've got Rich Texan. Mm-hmm. And somebody who fits the vibe so well, you both are going to give it to me, hands down. Mm-hmm. See Montgomery Burns' son, Larry Burns, that Fuck. is voiced by Rodney Dangerfield. Ooh. Fuck, to get, yeah, give it to her. Hold on. Uh, we opened up the fan suggestions and uh, that one welder guy and seconded by King Atticus is famous con man Lyle Landley. <sighs> I, I like Larry Burns. I also like Spongebob. I'm also aware that we are probably going to have another aquatic person that we can save SpongeBob SquarePants for. Yeah, I think, I mean, for a character right like now, Rocky, how, do you, how do you not give it to the person who's literally no respect? Yeah. Janine, you, you, you got me to change my mind. Uh, you got Larry Burns. You're coming out well with points this you time. You beat James Kahn. <laughs> Uh, I, lo I love this game. I've I've been my Luke Luke's methods and my methods don't always hit right, but like lately, with season fifteen, and I'm guessing season sixteen, like I'm I'm hitting them pretty well. Yeah, like you were able to get ones that are convincing me or that I didn't think of, and I appreciate that. I appreciate being proven wrong. Uh, we then have Porsche. I had, uh, or actually, Janine, you can go first. Well, um, for this one, I batted kind of low because I was very confident on my Foxy choice. Mm -hmm. It is Betty, the woman who goes on a date with Mo in the episode The Simpsons Spinoff Showcase, where Mo is. Taught how to love by Abraham Simpson's spirit inhabiting a love tester. Oh, yeah, because when shopping for some cans, an old man passed away. He floated up towards heaven but got lost along the way. Yeah. How did you have that song? Because he's the love-matic grandpa, the wise-socratic grandpa. He'll fill our hearts with love. Because we've established before, I've listened to that soundtrack many times. Who it's do you Alright, so yeah. I don't know if she's been used, but I'm going to go with Erin, Christina Ritchie's character from Summer of Four featuring two. You mean Summer of Four Foot Two? Yes. Uh, Aaron has been used. Oh, uh, um, okay. Tried to go for a good deep cut. 
Uh, so I have three suggestions. Uh, my Rodrigo styles are anti-oven fresh. And then there's also Mia, which is the name of the Land of the Lakes maiden who shows up in Homer's uh, fantasy who got retired, which was a good thing. Mia is a weird choice of a name for that. Uh, the other one that I had was Sepulveda, who was a uh, VJ uh, in the Spring Break Florida episode, which I think has a lot of the Porsche vibe, has a Porsche-type name, has that teen party energy. I'm gonna. My pick is gonna be Rodrigo style. I'm gonna go with the Cockney Flower Girl. So, I I feel like Betty's maybe a bit too old and mature. I, I I'm pushing for Sepulveda. I have not been swayed yet. I'm willing to throw down for Sepulveda. I feel like that's probably the strongest choice. Yeah. Then again, I don't know how much more alive these people are going to be. Hopefully less. <laughs> the Foxy We're going to see them eight more times across 700 episodes. That's what he's going to tell me. Oh, yeah. Like, they just keep coming back, but it's non-canon every time. Of course. All right, so we've got well, some Well, there are people like that kind of friend, where you, you show up and it doesn't feel like it really counts for anything with the friend group. You're non-canon, baby. <laughs> uh, we then have Hamburg, who looks like an ape, but is a human again, which is not the first time this has happened. Uh, I have him as part of a trio with Pickles and Big Pan. That feels like the right way to go for this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, for both of the combos. So, uh, the first combo that I have is Manny, Jack, and Mo Zip. The Pep Bro parody that we got uh in the one where the uh all of the advertising comes to life in the treehouse of horror oh yeah oh yeah. that's that, that, that's strong I, I i specifically looked up which one of them was which so hamburg is my manny pickles is my jack and big pen is my mo uh i also have crinkle poof and snip the Rice crispy Elf parodies as my other option, just because they are a trio for the Rodrigo style. Janine, who you have? Cool. You see, I'm not that confident in my trio here mm -hmm. because you, I did just kind of like blast through them, and I thought I had, like, a couple of good contenders for a couple of them. Mm -hmm. But now knowing that there was theming involved, it kind of falls apart. Not because, feeling uh, like the King of Trios? Hamburg I had as the robber from Homer and Apu, uh, which 
is dressed very similar to Snake Jailbird, but isn't. I guess for the purpose of that someone has to shoot somebody else and it's better if it was a throwaway character than somebody... I don't know. But then again, like, Snake just shoots people all the time. Yeah. Um, and then Pickles, I had Yes Guy, but I knew you weren't going to give him to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did you have for Big Pan? Um, Goliath Nelson. From Simpsons Battle Stories. All right. Uh, ben, how about you? Uh, I'm going to have Dr. Zayas from uh, Planet of the Apes, the musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess just uh, the girl, the girl ape from Planet of the from Planet of the Apes the musical, and then for Big Pan, if he hasn't been used, uh, King Kong Homer from one of the Treehouse of Horrors. Uh, I don't know if we've used King Homer. Uh, I feel like he's come up. No, we have used King Solomon Homer, but that is a different character. Is that Homer when he's just a laughing gold statue, man? No, that is giant golden Homer who we have also used. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, King Solomon Homer is uh, from Simpsons Bible Stories. Lenny and Carl come with him with a pie and they will ask him what to do with it. And he says, cut it in half. And then he has both of them killed. So he gets the whole pie. That sounds like King Solomon Homer. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah, I am sorry that I came with strong theming, Janine. No, don't be. I like it when you're on your top on top of your game. Besides, I, I can afford to lose some. I, I had been knocking them out pretty consistently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so are you on Crinkle, Poof, and Snap or the Zip Bros? Um, I like the Zip Bros. Yeah, Zip Bros. All right. Haha. Catching up. Uh, we then have Kibagiru who is the former captain of the Fanged Frog Pirates. Ben, who do you have for Kibagaru? I'm going to throw Victorian Sea Captain back into the mix. Hell yeah. Janine, how about you? I had Julius Pringle. Guess what, Janine? Hmm. Me too. Well, I think that decides it. Well, I did also have a other suggestion. Janine, did you have any others for Kip Agaria? No. Uh, my other one was Malloy, the cat burglar. Hmm. That feels Similar too mustache cool. Game. Yeah, I, I think we can yeah. just use Julius Pringles. A strong Rodrigo style option. Uh, we then had Itomimizu, uh, who is the announcer. Uh, I had two suggestions for him. My normal one was Wink, the host of the Japanese game show that the Simpsons play on. Uh, the other one that I had was Ernie Kubler, the Keebler Elves Ernie parody. 
who is specifically not a Keebler elf. He's a Kubler elf. Uh, Ben, who do you have? Uh, I would say the Brazilian soccer announcer from the soccer game that led to the Springfield riot. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Janine, how about you? I have, very proud of this one, mm-hmm. the Krusty Burglar. The very one who's trying to steal the Krusty Burgers and Homer Simpson, dressed up oh, like yeah. Krusty Clown, um, the- kills in cold blood. <laughs> The source of the famous stop, stop, he's already dead. Yes. Oh, that's what happens when you drink the Grimace shake, kids. <laughs> uh, you know what? I love Krusty Burglar. I think that's a strong choice. I don't try on all of them, but the ones that I do, I got good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have Chuchun, who is a super sparrow. Janine, who you got for Chuchun? I have Bird Lisa from the episode um, from the Treehouse of Horror 13, Island of Dr. Hibbert? Or is that on 14? Uh, owl. Owl Lisa. Yes. Well, has Lisa been other birds before? I think the type of bird is important because uh, we are going to get other openings and stuff. Fair. Mm-hmm. The possibility of other bird leases. Mm-hmm. Enter the bird lisa verse. I would pick uh, the birds that attacked Hans Molman in the bird sanctuary from Itchy and Scratchy Land. That's a good one. So I have three. Two of them are Rodrigo styles. One of them is Toucan Sam. Ooh. That makes sense. Uh, one of them is the chicken that pulls a chariot. But now, what if I told you we had an actual sparrow that had shown up in The Simpsons? Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Albanian spy Adil Hoxa, a.k.a. The Sparrow. That is strong wordplay. <laughs> I don't know. I like I like my Hans moment attacking birds, Beck. I, I I think Toucan Sam fits the vibe. Does he? He's got blue. He's got. He can carry a person. And the bird sanctuary birds, I think it's a scene that we know, but uh, let me let me go to Frankiac. Uh, seed bell. So there are a bunch of types of birds there. I mean, it's a bird sanctuary. Yeah. They got, they got like, a lot of what, birds. What specific bird? 
like we we have done some unnamed characters. Like there's the green bug that uh, Santa's little helper eats. But I don't know if a singular bird at the bird sanctuary is necessarily clear right, enough. Well, have if we, we needed got, a have we got have we done the Bart Simpson Nevermore? Uh, the Bart Raven. Simpson Raven. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There are a lot of birds. Uh, yes. We might have. Yes. Uh, that was our Miss Friday, who was a evil I vulture. I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, she was a vulture that uh, fucking Otter rode around in, and they delivered messages for a fucking crime syndicate. Yeah, uh, and sometimes the message is. You're dying now. Yeah, they'll sometimes try to kill you. Uh huh. The medium is the message, as they say. That is true. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna go with then the drinky bird from the episode where Homer becomes gets to work from home because he gets that overweight. The drinky bird already been used. No, we have not used the drinking bird. Drinking uh, bird. <laughs> I I mean, Janine, what way are you leaning? Um. I'm thinking about all of them as potential Mike Patton covers. I mean, Chuchon is probably not going to be on the cover, but maybe in an there's a, there's a, There would be a good frame that I've seen that just has Chuchon right behind Itomizu, Itomimizu. Mm -hmm. And if we just had the Krusty Burglar on the mic shouting with a giant Lisa bird right behind him. Uh, you know, I can go with the le owl, Lisa. I can picture owl Lisa wearing the hat. Hell yeah. Alright. Uh, we then have Capote, who is a fish man. And uh, I have two suggestions for him. One, because of his beautiful, beautiful pigtails. Uh, I have Willie Nelson. And then my Rodrigo style is the Jelly Green Giant. Janine, who do you have? I have Mutant Mel. Uh, Mal had been turned into a mutant after an apocalyptic explosion at the power plant in one of the Treehouse of Horrors, I think. Uh, no, it's not no. a nuclear explosion. France nukes Springfield. That's right. Sorry. I was thrown off because there was a nuclear explosion on this current one that was caused by that plant. I'm going uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. 
powerful move. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we want to use Spongebob now, I'm good to burn Spongebob here. The nose really makes sense. He mm -hmm. does look like he lives in a pineapple under the sea. I can go yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. I'm on, All right. I'm on the board. With a solo point. You've Woo. gotten two points already. All right. And then last, we have Monda, the shark, the star shark. Uh, who do you have for Monda? Dan. God damn. I'm just, I'm a little distracted by just how much that should be like a street shark design. Like glam rock street sharks. They were mad 80s instead of 90s. Um, he does oh, look wow. really good. Mm -hmm. Come back to me. I need a sec. I, I, I need a second. <laughs> All right, Janine, who do, who do you have? I have Duff McShark. Oh, yeah, I got Duff McShark as one of mine as well. One of yours? Well, you got to uh -huh. give me the rest. Uh, you only had Duff McShark? I did, yeah. Uh, the other two that I had, my Rodrigo style, was Charlie Tuna. Because Charlie Tuna shows up. Uh, but there will be opportunities for Charlie Tuna. Uh, I also had the Sugar Shark. Uh, when the ship full of sugar crashes into the bay, Mo takes a bite out of a shark that also takes a bite out of him. I like and it's that. a tiny, cute shark. I think I gotta throw my my hat behind Duff McShark. Yeah, I feel like Duff McShark is probably the strongest out of there. He's the original party shark. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that gets all thirteen of them down. Our Shelley is Santos L. Halper. Our Tanjit is Charles Darwin. Our Retanto is Opium Ralph. Our Foxy is Larry Burns. Our Porsche is Sepulveda. Our Hamburg is Manny Zip. Our Kibagari is Julius Pringles. Our Itomamizu is the Krusty Burglar. Our Chuchun is Owl Lisa. Our Capote is SpongeBob SquarePants. Our Monda is Duff McShark. Our Pickles is Jack Zip. And our Big Pan is Mo Zip. Noise. Hey, we got through all those. And I figured out how to spell burglar correctly. I don't think I'll ever it's... spell that correct on the first try. It's never how you first think. Even if you think you, you got it right. You, you gotta take a second look. Alright. Well... Ben, uh, once more, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me. Uh, my website is benconcomics.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BenTheCon and Instagram at BenConComics. And uh, Griffin, Galaxy's Most Wanted from Whatnot, is out in stores now. And you can pre-order L. Campbell Wins Their Weekend, my middle grade prose debut, ahead of its October 17th release. Awesome. Janine, how about you? 
Uh, the most stable place you'll be able to find me right now, ironically, is on Twitter, at Janine Juliet. Blue Sky looks like it's kind of falling apart because of an anti-blackness problem. Um, and I might get some accounts somewhere else. It's a weird time with social media. It is. Remember, we could just trust in, uh, Twitter. Just to at least run. Just to at least mm -hmm. not shit the bed on a daily basis. True. Uh, I am Luke. You can find me most places online at, at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair.com. Our covers are currently illustrated by Mike Patton, who you can find at Patton Pending, P-A-T-T-E-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G, on Instagram. Uh, you can also find him on Twitter with an underscore between Patton and Pending. Uh, Domance Dawn has a new website! Yay! 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 Huh? Ooh, this well-mannered snake! I got it in, Janine. You son of a bitch. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Tumblr has kind of fucked with the audio players, so I can't actually upload episodes the way that I used to, so I went and spent, like, a part of my weekend putting together a new website. So take a look at it. It's, it is serviceable. Uh, but you can find that at domancedawn.com. We are also still updating our Tumblr and we are on Twitter at at domance, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E. We don't have, uh, there's also a Facebook, but I hate updating on Facebook. So that's not happening often. Uh, and we also have our secret Discord that is not really secret, and you are more than welcome to join. Just let us know if you'd like to join. Uh, that wraps us up for this week. Janine and I will be back uh, in two more weeks to wrap up more games. More games, Janine. Things are going to get even more wrestling. And um... also roller derby. Well, it actually looks like right now that it's very much uh, wacky races. Seriously, Foxy looks like Dick Dastardly. Porsche's Penelope Pit Stop. And Hamburg is Muttley. He's also giggling every single time. Good night. Good night. We'll see you in two more weeks. Smooth sailing. Peace.